0: That's what I remember. Um, I had this great illustration, and uh, tried to get Mrs. Caps, my science teacher, to. Paul, I was looking for that prism, and I had this great illustration about the glory of the cross. And if you shined the light on the cross, you would see its glory like like a prism. And I had this great illustration. I wanted to turn off all the lights and shoot a a beam of light through this prism and just like see the spectrum of colors on the wall well I couldn't pull it off no it's up yeah I know we 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 reverted to this a digital representation of light refraction I I can't afford for some of y'all to be sitting in the dark Y'all might fall asleep call your so so we're not gonna lower the lights today you know I learned uh, In my physics class in high school that not only does sound move by waves, but light moves by waves. And so that when you uh, send light through a prism, it refracts the light at different speeds and it breaks down the light into its components, which are the colors of the spectrum, because each color is at a different frequency anyhow this is not a physics lesson it's kind of amazing to me you can take one beam of light that in essence looks to us white and break it out and it's in all these colors If you bring it back together it becomes the white light again but white light is made up of all of those colors even though it's kinda like one single beam of light and i thought no that that's that's what i've been wanting to kind of get you to grasp that we look at the cross and we go, okay, I see a cross. I said, no, if we ever shined a light on it and looked at it from different angles, we would see the cross in all of its glory. And in it, we would find love that's unconditional and unlimited and unselfish. And we would find forgiveness that covers our sin and cleanses us of sin. And we would find redemption and we would find peace. So many other things. In fact, All of our spiritual needs are met in the cross. If we ever saw it for all that it was. And so these weeks we have talked about the glory of the cross. You know, for some of the biblical writers, when you look at the cross, you see a courtroom scene. A courtroom scene. I am the one who has transgressed or trespassed God's holy standards. And I am brought before the judge. And there before the judge, when I am condemned to death, there is one, an advocate that stands beside me, Jesus Christ, that says, I have paid the penalty for that. And when we accept that, then his his payment for our penalty takes away our sin. And we're forgiven. So sometimes the biblical writers look at the cross and they see a courtroom. Uh, last week we we saw that sometimes when the biblical writers look at the cross they see an altar in a place of worship, and in which I, as a sinner, am brought before a holy God. And the question is, how will my sin be covered? And in the altar room. What we discover is it is only through the blood that our sins are covered. And in that place of worship, we discover the perfect Lamb of God who shed His blood that it might be applied to our life, that our sins might be covered. And so sometimes when the biblical writers look at the cross, they see an altar and a place of worship. Sometimes when the biblical writers look at the altar, they see a, a slave market. A place where people have been enslaved and someone comes to pay the price for them to be free. For the, some of the biblical writers when they see the cross, they see a slave market that when I was in my sin and I was in bondage, Christ came and through His blood He paid the ransom money for me to be set free. And the chains that bound me have now been taken off of me and I have been set free. The biblical word... Is the word redemption. Redemption. I don't know if you picture a slave market when you think of the word redemption, but I would dare say for the biblical writers, when they used that term, when it was about redemption to be redeemed, to have someone pay the ransom money for you, what they thought of in their minds was a slave market in which people came and paid the price. The ransom money for someone to be set free, and so in the cross, yes, we discover love, and yes, we discover forgiveness. But also, when you shine the light at another angle on the cross, we also discover redemption. And I want to talk about that today. Apostle the Apostle Paul spoke of this in, in I'm sorry, Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1 just two verses 13 and 14 Colossians 1 13 and 14 and Paul says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins it's kind of interesting to me that the three things we've already talked about in the cross including this one redemption love and forgiveness are all contained in these two verses and I remind you that whatever your spiritual need is it was met by the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross for you if I had to give a uh, more of an academic definition of this word redemption in verse fourteen redemption is when someone pays the ransom money to free us from bondage redemption is paying the ransom money to free us from bondage when I say that what I realize and you ought to realize is that the starting point of all of this was bondage in fact Paul alludes to that in verse 13 when he says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and so this morning our starting point before we get to redemption we have to understand where we were and why we needed to be redeemed and Paul says he Jesus has delivered us from the power of dark he has delivered us so before we jump to what he has delivered us to I want us to be reminded today of what he delivered us from and he alludes to it when he says the powers of darkness and yes he is going to As he says in verse 13, Convey us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And yes, when we are redeemed, we are transferred, we are moved to the kingdom of the Son. But do you understand that before we are there, there is another kingdom that we are a part of. It's a part of the powers of darkness. It speaks to the fact that we were in bondage and, and I began to say this last week, and I said last week there was, a, there was a turning point in the sermon series, and I will continue that today. This is very important that you understand this this morning. This redemption, or this starting point of being in our sin, is more than being guilty of eternal external sin. It is more than being guilty of external sin. Understand what I'm saying. It's not, just, it's not just that I stood in the courtroom and there was a written indictment against me and I was guilty before God because I had done these transgressions. I've, I had tra- trespassed. And somehow there's just this external consequence or guilt of sin yes I was guilty of that and I'm brought before the judge and it's clear that I'm guilty of that there's something more to my sin than just being guilty of its outward consequences and its guilt no the reality was that sin had a grip on my life I was enslaved to that sin do you understand it's not just about the external offense Of whatever I did. No, it's about my heart and what was going on. And it's not just that I committed these things, but I was addicted to those things. I was enslaved to those things. I was in bondage. Not just because of acts that I had done, but because of the condition of my heart. He alludes to this when he says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. No, the powers of evil and darkness had control of my life. And it wasn't just the things that I was doing. It was that my heart was infected. And I was addicted to these things. Sin had an internal grip on me. I was enslaved. I was in bondage. Paul would say that I was dead. That I was addicted. There was a power over me. And when I thought... (laughs) that I was in control of my life, really, when Christ opened my eyes, what I discovered is, no, there was a power really outside of me that had a power over my life. Yes, I was complicit in that. But there was... Anytime we say, oh, I'm going to do my own thing, we're not doing our own thing, we're doing the devil's thing. (laughs) And he's tricked us into saying, No, no, this is what you this is what you can do, and you can be in control of your own life. I want you to understand when we are in control of our life and we make our choices and we say, I'm gonna do what I want to do, there is a bondage to sin in that that begins to grip us that we cannot help from doing those things. We do not have control of our life. There is something else that controls us. Jesus told his disciples in John 8:34 that he who sins is enslaved to sin it's not just the external act it is the internal condition of our hearts that is infected by sin the apostle paul wow the most graphic depiction of this truth is in Romans 7 when he says for we know that the the law is spiritual but I am carnal sold under sin for what I am doing I do not understand for what I will to do that I do not practice but what I hate that I do if then I do what I will not do I agree that the law that it is good but now it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. This is tough for a guy who has some dyslexia and stuff. I mean, this is a lot of to do and not to do. And now, if I do what I will not to do, it is not no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. And the one who wills to do good. And finally, almost in exasperation, this statement in verse 24 of Romans 7, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. And then the rhetorical question, Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says, I can't help doing the very things that I know I'm not supposed to be doing. Why? Because he's addicted to sin. Who will deliver me? I didn't look it up this week, but I think that word delivered is the same word he uses in Colossians, or, uh, yeah, that Paul uses in Colossians 1 when he says, He has delivered us. It means to rescue, to save. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. We have to understand that the starting point is that I was in bondage to sin and I could not get myself out of it. It's like a slave that is shackled. It doesn't matter how much you struggle, you're not getting free. You're in bondage. That is our starting point. But the turning point is that Christ delivers O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? I thank God through Jesus Christ. It's Jesus that has the power to deliver me. And that's what He was, was saying in Colossians 2, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. I take His statement in Colossians 1:13, He has delivered us as being parallel with verse 14 when he says, in whom we have redemption. Deliverance is another word for redemption. That he has paid the ransom money for me to be set free. I go back to the point that I've made probably for a couple weeks. We are ransomed from the powers of darkness by one thing. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, we go back and the, the truths overlap and we understand that the payment, the ransom money, was the death of Jesus. Jesus uses the ser- same word redemption uh, in Matthew twenty twenty eight when he says, The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The price that was paid for me to be set free was nothing more than the shed blood of Jesus in Ephesians 1:7 Paul says in a parallel to this he says in him, I'm sorry, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Uh, Peter would say it, and we have read this probably on several occasions, but first Peter 1. Uh, seven, uh, eighteen, and 19 knowing that you were not redeemed there's that word ransomed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot it brings us back to a point I've already made before you have to understand today there is nothing there is nothing That will pay for your sin. There is not a a dollar amount. That you can give to God. Or you can give to the church. to, To take away your sins. There is no good deed that you can do. You can go to the church. Come to church the rest of your life. And you can teach Sunday school classes. And you can do all kinds of good deeds. It will not pay for your sin. There is only one thing. And it is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that will take away our sin it is the it is the ransom money Hmm. think with me though it wasn't just about paying for the external act of my sin It's not just this. It's not just that I was in the courtroom and the judge says, your ticket's going to be $100. Jesus came up with His checkbook, wrote out a check for $100, and He says, I got it covered. Sin goes much deeper than that. And when Jesus redeems, He not only redeems me from the external consequences of my sin, but he ought, listen, he redeems me from the internal power of sin. Do you understand? This is the corner we turned last Sunday when we said that the blood of Jesus not only covers our sin, but it cleanses. It washes me clean. No, it's not just that I stood in the courtroom and Jesus paid my, my, my fees. No, Because the problem was much deeper than that It wasn't just the things that I did It was that my heart was in rebellion against God And when Jesus redeems He redeems us, yes, for the the penalty of our guilt For our sin But He penetrates into the heart of the sinner And he he, He redeems that heart Yes, by cleansing it through His blood But by changing the sinner Redemption goes all the way to the very depths of my heart. If the powers of darkness had power over me, do you get it? Redemption means that Christ broke the chains. He set me free. He didn't just pay for my penalty he set me free he rescued me he freed me from the power of sin this is what Paul means in first in Corinthians one when he says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God Later in that passage, he says, "Um, For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We all know what the old hymn said. (laughs) Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Christ not only pays for our sin, but He gives us the power to overcome the sin and to change the sinner. He is the one who breaks our chains and sets us free. He is the one who liberates me from sin. Hmm. And so the deciding point is this. And I've, I've said all of this. Yeah, the first 30 minutes was warm up. But this is what we came to talk about today now. Just kind of giving you some groundwork. There's a deciding point. Jesus died for all. But not all will accept. I believe the offer is extended to all. People will choose. And you know what we choose? Whether I will be in control of my life or Christ will be in control of my life. And Satan dupes us. He says, i do your own thing. Somebody died recently and I think they played the song, He Did It His Way. Oh man, isn't that wonderful? He did it his way. I was about to say something that was about hell right now, but I just, it's probably not appropriate. Theologically accurate, but I probably don't need to say it today. No, Satan dupes us. Do your own thing. Live your own life. Make your own choices. All the while, he's the one who's enslaved us and is moving us around. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, don't be deceived. Don't ever think a man or a woman does their own thing. No, they're simply doing Satan's bidding and living the life that he has deceived them into living. In the midst of whether it is the courtroom, whether it is the place of the altar, or whether it is the slave market. If at that point, when we hear the message of the cross. In fact, Paul later says in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 he says, I, And I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. Because in the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, all of our spiritual need is met. And, and the message, if you want to know it's it's just that simple that Jesus died for me and through His death on the cross, I have the, the opportunity, the power for my life to be changed for eternity. Do you know what the deciding point? The deciding point is, will I surrender the rights to run my life Well, I sign those away and say, Jesus, you take control. Isn't that right, Casey Penner? As long as I run my own life, I'll be enslaved to sin. But the deciding point is when I will surrender my life and I will say yes to Christ and His sacrificial death that not only... And the Bible calls that step of surrender, I don't know, different words, faith, belief, repentance, all of it's included in that. When I surrender my life, the control of my life over to Christ, not only is the external payment for my sin made for all of eternity. Yes, that's great. And I'm not dismissing that. I surrender control of my life to Christ then I also open up my life to the power of Christ in me and that's where Christ comes in in his power and he sets me free from the sin that enslaved me if you got a guy who's got an addiction to speeding and he keeps getting speeding tickets and you keep going to the courtroom and just paying his tickets but his heart has never changed, you're thinking, wait a second. (laughs) I don't think this is a very good deal. Not that I'm Jesus, understand. No, we've got to change our hearts. And when I surrender control of my life to Christ, then I open up the door for the power of Christ to come in and to deliver me from the powers of of darkness when I surrender then Christ comes into my life to take over and Christ has the power through his blood to deliver me from my sin when I die to myself I don't have time but it's what Paul meant in Galatians 2.20 when he said, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. I died in that courtroom. I died on that altar. I died in that slave market. I said, no, it's not about me. It's not about me running my life. Do you understand Jesus doesn't save us for us to live our life the way we want to live it? No, actually what happens in the slave market, I don't know if you get this. It's not really that we're set free. We are set free from the powers of darkness. But it's what Paul says, I became a slave to Christ. The great theologian, Bob Dylan. You're going to serve somebody. You may serve the devil or you may serve the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. Sorry. Dating myself. Cody Wayne. He got it. You're going to serve somebody. The question is, who is your master? Does he seek to destroy you? Or did he come that you might have life and have life more abundantly? When I surrender my life, the control of my life to Christ, then I open the door to my life for His power to come in and to free me from the powers of darkness. And that is as much what redemption about, is about than just paying the ransom money to set me free. Hmm. In the month of March, our mark is a genuine salvation experience. And our testimonies will bear one truth in mind, that when you've had a genuine salvation experience, it will be demonstrated through a change of life. The power of Christ inside of me. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Let me speak for just these last few moments to maybe someone in the room that would say, well, that's a scary thing to give up control of my life. And I understand, at least to some extent. And probably the older you get, the harder it is to say, okay, I relinquish that. But I I remind you today that it, it was Christ who loved you enough to die on a cross and He paid for your sins. And if you wonder whether He can really change your life, we want to give testimony as a community of faith to say, yes, Jesus not only forgives sins, but He cleanses and changes the sinner. And you say, I can't do it. It's all right. <laughs> you can't save yourself either. It's through the blood of Jesus. And you say, I can't change myself. It's all right. If you'll give up control of your life, the power of Christ can change you. But the deciding point is when I say, okay, I give up and I relinquish control to you. If you would be willing to take that step today, we're going to invite you to come as we sing. Byron and I will be at the front. Let me say this to Christians who've already taken that step. The power of Christ in you is a progressive work in your life of sanctification is the biblical word. today, it may not be a matter of whether you know that Jesus has paid for your sins. It's maybe an issue of whether Christ is still changing you. And maybe there's something in your life Satan's deceived you, even as a believer, to say oh, you can't get past that. God's Word says that the power, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. And so this morning the altar is open. Maybe you have something that you say, Jesus, let me let go so your power can be known in that area of my life for your glory and for your honor. And so, Father, today we give you this time and pray that you would use it according to your will. We pray it in Jesus' name.